everyone, and welcome to Light Conversations on Trauma podcast. Bringing conversations around hardship into the light. It's me, Peter Middleton, here, and I'll be hosting this podcast. This is a space for intimate and empathetic chat around trauma, big T or little t. We have regular sections to this podcast, so look out for them. And each episode, I'll be joined by a guest who will share their unique perspective. So sit back and relax, and I hope you enjoy the conversation. wanted to preempt this conversation to say that we experienced a few technical difficulties amongst here so I apologize if that puts you off at all of course you can deselect this episode if you wish Um, but having been through the recording um, it's incredibly rich and powerful conversation Um, so I hope there's something um, useful in here for you and let's begin Hey everyone and welcome to Light Conversations on Trauma and I'm here today with Jesse Simpson and I know Jesse from Man Talks Alliance, the men's group and yeah we've connected over that work and it's really great to have you here today so um, welcome. And, Thank you Peter, uh, happy to be here. Awesome, I'm, I'm actually ecstatic <laughs> to have you here today, I feel that right now. So, um, yeah, Jesse, what's your vibe? Um, what's my vibe? I need a, right now, I feel like I'm buzzing. I feel good. I feel pretty strong. I pretty feel pretty focused, but that is the first time I felt like this in a while. So I don't know if it's this interview or this, uh, you know, this discussion we're having, Peter or something else, but something, I feel like something, I feel good. I feel pretty good right now. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. It just sort of um, came over me as well. So perhaps it's, um, I know that we've connected a lot in the um, in the past couple of months, and anytime I talk to you, it's kind of very energetic and it seems very aligned. So, yeah, nice to nice that you're here, and and I know this is going to be some really great conversation. I can just feel it. So, <laughs> ah, it's amazing. Anyway, um, you picked out the first section. You picked out was that's deep. So we're going to dive straight in, straight straight in with the deep topic. That's deep. So what does that bring up and like, what do you want to share about? So that's deep. And when I thought of that's deep, I thought of like something that I've never really told anybody before. I mean, like a handful of people know. Um, And really, and really that that was that I was suicidal in seventh grade. And I, I cut my wrist and I, I, you know, wishing I was dead. Um, and then I closed my eyes and pictured my mom coming upstairs and like finding me and really kind of what all precipitated that was like a lot of emotional, a lot of emotional trauma, a lot of anger, um, a lot of, um, you know, borderline abuse in some ways and, and a lot of like shame really that I felt without having those words um, that kind of led to it. I was a real troubled kid. I was kicked out of school all the time. Like 
my my dad had left when I was when I was young, and um, just some other different traumas in my life, like just basically led to this like frustration and pain and anger that I didn't know how to tame, and I felt very lost. I felt very alone, and so like as a seventh grader, I like I said, I, I wanted to kill myself. You know, it was the first time I thought about it, and mm. basically that picture of my mom, like knowing how overwhelmed and stressed my mom was running a trying to raise four kids one of them which had uh had cancer um running a struggling business single mom like she filed bankruptcy three times when we were growing up like it's a lot of stress mm. um that was kind of going on and i just pictured that that one more thing me, caused by me and for some reason i just like i stopped and right. um i didn't really heal uh ever in with with that but I think that's like the deep thing that a lot of people don't know about me. Like I'm like a, I'm like a big dude, like 250 pounds. I'm a Marine Corps veteran, a firefighter, firefighter of the year, um, 2017. Like I have a, 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 a strong outer shell that is protecting me, you know, and I've been arrested twice for fighting, um, you know, and, and like all these different things. Right. But um, deep down, it's like this this little inner child, this this seventh grade boy that never got the love he needed. It was, was there, and the way it ended up manifesting is just kind of plowing my way through life. When you know, anger, anxiety, PTSD, substance abuse, depression, all these different things kind of came in and out of my life, especially as I as I grew older and transitioned out of the military, tried to find my way, um, lost one of my first businesses, and then when I was 28. After the close of this nonprofit that I found that I, I found myself majorly depressed, struggling with substance abuse, you know, um, ruining all the relationships. And at 28 years old, I started having these same suicidal thoughts that I was having when I was seven, in seventh grade. Yeah. And basically what I realized somewhere in there was that I was that like little boy that never got what he needed, that never got the release or the love or the connection or whatever, to, whatever it was that I was in need of. Um, and then this cycle was going to continue to repeat until I addressed it. Uh, so that's a good and, point. I, and I did, I did. Yeah. And, that, and that's what I, I, I call that like breaking the cycle um, for me. Yeah. But basically that's it, man. I, I, I was suicidal in seventh grade. I felt a lot of shame, a lot of sadness, a lot of pain as a kid. And uh, I just built up a shell around me. But even as you know, um, the firefighter of the year, I was I was deeply depressed. I was I was broken. I was suicidal once again. And really? I knew I, to, I knew something had to change. Right. You just I mean, there's a, there's a that's that was a lot. That was deep. And I can see I can see that kind of the, the atmosphere that you grew up in as a lot too. You know, like you described. Let me just celebrate like what you just bring to this space. I think it's such a beautiful thing that you just shared in that way, that the, the vulnerable way, courageous way that, that I, I believe is, is, is an amazing thing. I think it's also a necessary thing. Um, so I'm just going to breathe that in for a second. And um, let me say, let me just say, I'm really sorry to hear that, that you went through those things. And um it kind of also hurts a little bit. It hurts me uh, a little bit to to hear that because um, that is some deep, there's some deep struggles there I can hear in you. Um, unfortunately, I can resonate with those, um, not in the same way that you went through. 
Um, but there's some interesting stuff there, like recurrences of cycles, you know, the depression, the kind of forced repression of emotion that, that ends in like this kind of suicidal thing and this desperation to, to be heard, um, desperation to just be held a little bit and just be seen a little bit and just be given a, a little bit of space just to breathe and just be whoever you are, like not even be a good or a bad person, just be Jesse or just be myself, Peter, you know, just, just be, yeah. So like, do you want to dive, like, which is, which of the areas are you feeling called to, to kind of, to have a conversation around in those, like after that, because it was quite a big share, right? It's like, it took a bit of energy to kind of, roll that out and you know that was a great thing and 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 now it's kind of sitting with you like where do you want to take that well i think i i think that the the thing that where i would like to take it is the idea around breaking that cycle nice so i think we get stuck in these these emotional patterns these ways of thinking these ways of being in the world that that yeah. is a cycle it's a pattern that happens over and over again until we wake up to the fact that we can break that cycle. And I think probably our, in our parents' days or, or maybe just in how we're raised, like the idea that like what you have is, is all there is. But I think now we, meaning, you know, genetics, let's say, or, or, or these addictions or any of these things like that, well, he just, that's just how it is. But I think now we know that, like that's not the case and you can break that cycle. You can choose at any time to do something different with your life and you can, no matter what you're experiencing, what you're going through, where you've been, you can always decide something new. You know, you think a new, think a new thought, focus on something different, uh, lead a way, lead your life in a way that, you know, nobody in your past history would have ever believed you would. You know, when I was in eighth grade, I was in trouble a lot. And when I was in eighth grade, I sat in front of a judge and uh, there was like two, two of us, two of us boys. We took like a, a tour of the downtown juvenile court detention center, like a scare tactic sort of thing. Like you're going to end up here if you, if you don't get your shit together. And uh, at the end of that, we sat in front of the judge and he kind of like lectured us and said the same thing. And, he, you know, he said to one of the boys, like, you'll be dead by the time you turn 18. Told the second boy, you'll be in jail. And then he wow. told the third boy that you have a chance to rewrite your own story. And so I think, I mean, I guess where That's I'm intense. taking this now, it's like we can always choose to rewrite our story, but I think it, it has to come through this suffering. It has to come through the wake-up call that is suffering and that pain, that, that you know, that adversity, whatever it is, that yeah. wake-up call that brings brings us, that wakes us up. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. And I know you do a lot of work at, around that now don't you you're running a is it a coaching business that you're doing yeah right now yeah I'm a, yeah I'm a, I'm a coach for mission-driven men I help them overcome stress and overwhelm so they can create a life they love and leave a lasting legacy you know I, I think we're all meant to do something on this place or on this planet rather and it's I help people find you know their place their purpose mm-hmm. um, and really take that to the next level and, and really what I found is like it it's this shame or sadness or like the, the, you know, they say that your mess is your mission or your mess is your message and your pain is your purpose and all those things. And so it's just a way to reframe like 
the challenges that were being given as opportunities. And so really that's, that's what I, that's what I do professionally as a coach. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I liked it. Like someone said to me the other week, um, like all of our emotions are messengers and yeah, it's actually, I was called forward on, on one of the sections names called what's my inner critic saying in that sense, it's like framing our experience of life um, makes our experience of life. And I'm interested in that kind of mature maturation process. Um, Cause yeah, it's like psychologists say that, um, you know, the child self is very narcissistic for a reason um, for survival. And like, I, I, I kind of hear that in, in what you're saying, like, that's all we know, right? That's our complete environment. And that's like survival for us like if we go against our environment we very very likely well at least we equate it to to death um you know whether it 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 goes there or not um but yeah it's quite legitimate isn't it and so yeah i'm interested in that that area of what was your what was your experience of what, what was your wake-up call like yeah, the, well, the wake up call for me was that time when I was 28 years old, and I, you know, I realized I was, I was stuck in the same cycle that I was, you know, that I had been my whole life, basically, you know, for two decades plus, and that, like I was mm-hmm. going to continue like this if I didn't face myself, go inside of myself, because like here I was, I was like the firefighter of the year in Arizona. I had my dream job, my my you know my dream career, a beautiful girlfriend, um, but I was smoking weed at work, you know, and I was like really broken inside and really lost and alone and very, very angry. Um, and so basically, and kind of how that all manifested, you know, part of the reason I was fire part of the year was because I had started this nonprofit structured around a leadership and resiliency training program for at-risk youth. All right. So I was trying to, I was trying to serve the people that like I was, the, the kids, the troubled kids that were, you know, destined for failure. Um, and what, that was going to be a follow-on mentorship with veterans and first responders because it was through volunteering and service and, and mentoring that saved my life after I got out of the Marines. I so I built a business around that. And then once I was completely overwhelmed, completely burned out um, after about a year of building this business and trying to work that with the fire department, you know, my, so I, I pulled the brakes from the nonprofit. My, my mom lost her job. My, my brother who had been having cancer all this time, uh, he had it for 22 years. So he had it for a very long time. He was getting wow. worse. Um, That's a long time. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, and, and I think the last straw for me, like I was a machine gunner in the Marines and right. October 2017 in, in the United States in Las Vegas, there was a, um, a guy who went up in a hotel room and sprayed a machine gun down at a bunch of people at a country music concert here. And like that just said something off oh. of me. You know, I sh- I've shot machine guns at other people before and I know like, I know what that's like, you know, and, and that all those things kind of compiled and it just like, it broke me. Like right. I was like, what is, what is this all for? And that's when I realized the cycle and I, I came out of it. I mean, I didn't come out of it, but I, I over a few months, I realized that I had to make some changes in my life. Mm-hmm. And really what that meant for me was going, going inside of myself and realizing that like the beliefs, the path that I was given was not really what I wanted after all. And so I started to really do like a reshaping of my values. And I mm-hmm. decided then that I would measure my life, not by like my, 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 any material possessions, my status, my career, any of those things, how much money I make, 
but it's fed by how much I give, how much I grow and how far I go. And so for me, that meant becoming a coach so I could be of service to others in their time of need, grow meant going to grad school so I can make a difference on a larger scale. I just graduated uh, last, last semester or last, uh, last May, in May okay. this year. And then go for me, that meant selling all my shit, uh, resigning from my career as a firefighter and taking a trip around the world. And so now here I am two years later, like the end of that trip is now I'm actually, like I said, here in Lakeland, Florida. And, um, you know, we were supposed to be in Bali right now traveling because of coronavirus or not, but like we found our home here, which is, is crazy to think. Like I never thought, I never heard of Lakeland, Florida before, but I mean, uh-huh. that was, that was it. That was what broke the back. And that was the wake up call for me. And then all the things that came after that was just like, a shedding of all the past conditioning, all the all the pain and shame that I felt, um, mm-hmm. that I'm really still actively working through today. Um, as I as I kind of step into this this new world that I'm stepping into as a different person. Yeah, sounds very forceful. You know, like sounds like a big like sort of energy kind of passed through you. It was like, yeah, and I, I think it's amazing. Um, it's just there's so much experience in there like i wish we could <laughs> talk for a long a lot longer uh, but it's kind of yeah i can hear that it's like it's like it just wasn't tenable for you anymore just wasn't an option like did you have that feeling just a feeling of like that this is it can't do this anymore like yeah 100 yeah. 100 i mean i i was i was so fed up and i was just like there's no way i'm looking I'm going to live a life like this, just looking forward to retirement, you know, yeah. and, and just delaying my happiness. Now, I mean, now I've realized that, mm-hmm. or maybe I, sh- I should be able to be happy wherever I am, but where I was at in that moment, like people I was working with, um, I, 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 there's just no way that I could continue to, to do that, to live that life. And um, yeah. I had to make a change or I was going to die. Or if not die, like I knew I was not going to live. And I would look back on my life wishing that I would have. Yeah, yeah. I've had that feeling, actually. It's an incredible moment of clarity, actually. I experienced it. Um, and I think it's really fascinating. I think in terms of happiness, you know, we have this notion of like, yeah, there are certain things we need to be happy Um but um, sometimes it's just kind of a soul thing, right? It's like your soul speaks through you. And, and those things that we, we are told we need to be happy, they kind of just feel a bit like burdens. I mean, it's an interesting relationship, isn't it? Because sometimes, you know, like you said, you found a home. So those things can turn into like these really positive things um, in some occasions. But if, if it's kind of not aligned and it's not quite right, they can just end up feeling like a bit heavy and a bit like a burden that's holding you back. But I definitely, I had the same experience actually in 2014 when I was mixing concerts in live music and at the end of a particularly grueling year, I just said, like my body said to me, look, stop. Otherwise I'm going to stop you. And I was just like, okay, I got, I got to listen this time. Like I have to listen this time. So yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I feel like right. the I feel like the voice gets louder and louder yeah. and louder. You know, it, okay. it, it, it okay. hurts worse and worse and worse. And then you either you know you either break or you listen. Yeah. That's and then great. I think as we grow, as we learn, and and we as we as we learn and then we grow, we 
are able to listen to that message and trust the voice that's inside of us when it's a little bit quieter and a little bit quieter. And eventually, like, you know, we know, like, this is, doesn't feel right. So we're not going to go this way or this does feel right. I'm going to go here. We're like, trust our intuition. Right, and we're more right. in touch with our with ourselves and what we're after or we're more clear or whatever it is. And, and mm-hmm. that takes us where we need to go. But I feel like at least for me, like, you know, these first 30 years, like I felt like my, my life started when I turned 30, you know, and, and yeah. like I got a long ways to go, but it's like, I was just running into the same wall over and over and over again, all those years. And like, that was the last straw for me. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what is for all of us. You know, it's like everything mm-hmm. that happens to us is a lesson we need to learn. The faster we learn it, the faster we can move on with our yeah. life, yes. level up our life. Yes, uh, but I agree. otherwise you're just gonna get your toes smashed and your and your lip busted out open and over and over again until you're like, oh, you know, I should probably pay attention to this. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's fantastic. That is fantastic. Cool, man. So that was deep. That was suitably deep. That was amazing. Thanks. <laughs> um, so the next section that you um, you picked was I grieved that a lot, and thanks a lot for picking this section because I think it's so essential. And it's like, and I also noticed we're going to come to the shame section later on, which is I think grief and shame are the two areas of Western society that are kind of ignored and need a lot of work, need a lot of con- yeah. conversation. So thanks for your courage, man, your bravery to go there. And yeah, so I grieved that a lot. say to you i grieved that a lot when i was thinking about this prompt i thought about my brother mm. and uh the one i mentioned who had cancer so okay a, a bit of a backstory for the context he, he had he had cancer for 22 years you know he was he got it when he was 14 he was seven years older than me so i was like seven or eight um and wow he he got cancer, I believe. I believe the 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 physical disease, the 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 tumors he had on his liver and his pancreas were as a result of Amelie's emotional trauma that he sustained in his youth. Mm. Um, so without going too much into detail, like basically he was abandoned by he's my half brother. He was abandoned by his mm. first dad, and then my parents split up. He was abandoned by my dad, who was his dad for seven years during the most transformative, you know, the most important years of his life. You know, like uh, seven to fourteen or whatever. Mm-hmm. and uh and then he started to get super angry when my dad said he could no longer come on the visitations with us uh he got super angry and that eventually led i believe to to cancer as a 14 year old he got he got cancer in, uh, of the of the liver and like there's no history of that in my family and now as i've learned and, and i've understood a bit more about energy and and emotions and how they can become trapped in your body and if you know, we don't, res- we don't resolve these feelings. We don't get, get this grief or shame or sadness off of us. It will get stuck in us, you know, and they can, and I see it coming out in other people like rashes um, or, yeah. or um, like physical pain or knots. Like right now I have some sort of nervous system thing going on. Um, mm-hmm. But, but, but either way, so yeah. context, my, my brother um, got this cancer and it, it went on for a long time. He ended up passing away last uh, last July, actually almost be a year ago, July wow. 30th of last year, okay. but, he, but he lived for 22 years and he, 
man, I could talk about him for a long time because it's just yeah. such a, it's such a deep in place, but, but really where the grief comes in. And this is something that I've realized now as an adult, looking back on our life, because for as long as I can remember, like he was very angry. He was almost always sick. He was, he was mm-hmm. mean. I mean, frankly, uh-huh. he was mean and angry. And like, I grew up my whole life thinking I was stupid and everything I said was stupid. And yeah. I think a lot of that came from my brother. Um, like okay. just like a snarl and uh, um, a sneer and uh, like look of disgust or whatever from like my older brother. And, See. you know, and I, and I started to realize this when I got like 27, 28, 29, I was like, like, what the, f-? you know, what is up with this? Like, what, like what, what is going on here? And I, forever, I just like kind of ate it. But where the grief comes in for me is I look back on some videos of when I was, I was a kid, you know, I was like one, two, three years old. And my, my, my brother was like the best big brother that I had that I could have ever imagined. He was so, he was so helpful and, and happy and always wanted to show and, and hold me. And like, he just, he cared so much and he loved so much. Like, and it was just so beautiful to see. Yeah. You know, I don't, I, so, so I don't remember that side of him, but I know it was there. I know it was in him. And I, and that really what I believe is that um, the reason he lived is because he cared so much and he spent so much time volunteering and, and those sort of things. But where the grief comes in for me is, and I think where this spiraled and completely directed my life down to this, like really path of this path of shame and, and pain and self-destruction that I've been on is mm-hmm. there was a moment in time that I don't consciously remember where my brother went from that great older brother who loved me and cared about me to like really mean and angry and like would beat me up and stuff until I got bigger than him. And, okay. and so I think that was like a pivotal moment in my life where I, um, I lost my big brother. And you know, like, like I said, before my dad left and like my big brother was the one and then he, he, he flipped on me. So and, that's a huge um, loss, isn't it? That, that in itself is the grief, right? Then you're losing, yeah. you're losing that, that need that you had in, in that relationship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, I just wanted to mention, you know, it's interesting. I've done a lot of reading around, um, like Eastern philosophy and how like the liver is very much connected to anger, isn't it? And, yeah. you know, in, in Qigong, which I practice as well, it's, um, yeah, it's a big thing. Um, so yeah, I just thought I'd, I'd mention that, um, because I also believe in that, but not just because of that. Um, yeah. yeah, I just thought I'd mention some of the, some of the background there. Yeah. Yeah. So in terms of, in terms of how you dealt with the grief, um, is how do you feel that those stages went for you? And like, did you do act? I mean, obviously like probably to start with, you didn't do it actively, right? I mean, I, I didn't even realize, I didn't realize that this moment in time, you know, when my brother, when I lost my, my big brother's love and, mm. in, in the way that I was getting before was a thing for me until like a month ago, six weeks ago, maybe. Right. And so I think all this time I was looking for something and I didn't understand, but one moment of clarity kind of came to me and I was just trying to think through this and I've been doing the work since we've been, since we've met really, you know, since we've met in Mantox and it cool. came to me that like, cause I, I pictured in my mind those, those, those childhood videos where, where he was just taking such good care of me. And then I remember like, that was never the case when I was alive. Like the, the, the looks, 
know, the looks I got from him as an adult and growing as a teenager, like we're just like a disgust. Okay. And, um, so I didn't realize this was a thing in, in, until recently. Mm. And it's something that I'm working through really ongoing. Like right now I'm working through it. And yeah. what I've, what I've, I've done is just like, I see my brother and, and, and I know his heart and I know what he was, what he stood for. And I have a lot of compassion for him mm-hmm. and I had a, have a lot of love for him. And, you know, I see nothing but the best in him and he's shown up in my life a number of times, like since he's passed. And, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I believe that he's gone in physical form, but he is around me all the time. He's with me all the time. That's and, beautiful. you know, I'm, I'm grateful for that because his physical body gave him so much pain for, for two plus decades. Yeah. Um, so but, how did, how did, how did, well, I'm just interested in your journey. Like how did you frame your journey in compassion and. Because I think that's quite quite a lot harder than perhaps you made it sound. Like I'm sure you, I'm sure there was a process there, probably. Right. Yeah, I think I think all these things come down to like a like a choice. Uh huh. We have to, we have to make a choice. Like, mm-hmm. do we want to hold on to this? You know, th- this is actually something I just had a conversation I had with my fiance last night about something I'm going through with my father. You know, and um, okay. it's it's uh, it's a but ultimately it's a choice we have to make like forgiveness, compassion. We have to wake up to the fact that we're going to continue that cycle, right? Break this cycle. We're going to continue doing this thing. This hate, this anger, this frustration is going to run our lives until we realize that we actually have a choice. And then we can decide, decide from there what we're going to do with it. And so, Mm -hmm. I mean, I've went through some different emotional release techniques. I've wrote some really angry letters. I, you know, I've screamed in my car and like done all these different things. to like release, like, the, the feelings that I have, the frustrations and stuff like that I have, and there's different tools and methodologies to like escaping that. Yeah. But, I, but I think it, I think it all starts with like recognizing that like life is a choice, like how we respond is a choice. And just yeah. because we've done something one way up until now, doesn't mean we have to continue to do that something that way forever. Yeah. Um, and yeah. so this is like an ongoing process for me, but it, it's, it's just a decision that I am working to commit to, you know, that I'm working through right now is like forgiveness, compassion, acceptance of what is and, and see. Oops, we experienced some technical difficulties here. My apologies. Uh, we'll get right back into the conversation. Um, I think you got to the choice. You were talking about choice. Life is a choice. Yeah. Stop yeah. There. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, so what I realized is that like life is a choice like everything just because we've done something one way our whole lives doesn't mean we have to do it forever and so when it comes to forgiveness or acceptance it's like something i'm still working through and it's an ongoing process but ultimately it has to come down to the the realization that our life is a choice and we're the creators of our lives and so we can choose at any time to create something new and if i want to live a life that is full of embodying the the person that I want to become, you know, a person mm-hmm. of, 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 of integrity and all these different things. And I have to make different choices. And, and, and so ultimately like, that's kind of how it, it all came out for me. Like I realized that my brother had been in so much physical pain. Like he literally had tumors up and down his spine. He had tumors on his liver and his diaphragm when he, when he passed, like he came wow. down to when he was uh, or probably about four years ago uh, for my birthday. And he I remember he just laid on the couch 
with a ice pack on his liver, or like on his liver, on his, on his side here and a heating pad on his back. And he was just in so much pain. He, when he talked, he talked like he was getting punched in the stomach, like he had the wind knocked out of him. And so, I mean, I have a lot of compassion just in general for, for him specifically and what he stood for. And although he was like mean to me, I know not to take it personally, but as far as like anything else that I've understood in my life and like how I've been treated or think I've been treated or whatever, it's like, I get to choose how I react from here forward. And so now I'm not perfect. Like I mess up all the time, but it's still a choice that I get to make that I can reflect on and and learn and grow so I can make a different choice next time and and ultimately start to embody who I want to become. Right. That's really, really beautiful way to frame it. And yeah, like you mentioned, the the intentions um, for your life, like and, and what kind of person. And also you know just to frame that as something that you you make a choice with and then you you don't necessarily embody straight away it's like a process right you bring it into your life um yeah you learn it as it goes so yeah i hear that the bit a big part of the grief um for your brother was around the anger stage right is is there anything else is there any other of the stages that you kind of you feel have been a big part of your process as well or are you yet to go there or maybe not (laughs) i think think anger was a big part of it uh waking up i have to make different choices thinking about it think about it in a different way Mm -hmm. i have to i have to accept it and recognize that you know that really with the overarching belief that everyone's doing the best they can with what they have uh, and just try to walk in their shoes and and just you know accept let go take what i can from those the people and experience that i've been presented with yeah and, and move on with my life yeah i think it's i think it's really good that you mentioned you know just understanding how much pain he was in and and, and for that situation it was a physical pain so it's very it's very like obvious to to the senses right He's, you know but for some other uh, other people there's also and you mentioned it before like that emotional pain that stops people from from engaging and having that level of awareness that perhaps you would like them to to show you um but i think it's really speaks to a really like mature um adult state of of, of spirit to to understand like how much someone is burdened by their by their experience of life and and then to to treat them accordingly um i think that that's that's really true empathy for me it's a really really incredible skill yeah lovely i mean that was so that was so um honest and authentic i i just want to i just want to again commend and celebrate your your authenticity i think it's incredible um so yeah next section um share a shame share a shame i always felt this but i never feel like i could tell anyone share a shame that bringing up i mean what what does shame mean to you and and how do you how do you what's your process around it well 
what is shame mean to me? Um, what does shame mean to me? I, I think just in, in my mind, what shame is, is like, uh, is like, uh, I don't know. I don't know what I think about what I, what I really think shame is. I, 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 it's just something that has just been on. It's something, it's like a, it's like a weight that's, that I'm carried around and like, it's something I'm embarrassed of, uh, you know, ashamed of. It's something that I've done, a mistake I've made that I attach to and I keep reliving the memory of, and I, I, I think about it and it, because I think about it, it leads to the same sort of emotional cycle um, or you know, action cycle. I'm doing the same things, taking the same actions. Um, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a chain that keeps me tied to the past. So I, I guess when I think of shame, now that I have a bit more, that's that's what I see. It's like a a chain that's keeping me tied to the past that I have to break free from. You know, forgiveness, acceptance, letting go, or I will forever be in that same emotional cycle that you know, like a shame cycle that will dictate the future of the rest of my life until I decide to break the cycle. Right. Right. That's interesting. You mentioned shame cycle because that is kind of how it's framed in, in that kind of psychological speak as well. Um, so that's, that's cool. Did you, did you know about that or is it just a synergy? Oh, I, th- I think I just think of things as cycles. I mean, I think oh, of excellent in cycles. Um, yeah, I mean that's just our. We have these habit loops, and and so I didn't necessarily know that, but I, I, it makes sense to me. I, I that's how I I see things happening over and over again. Right. Yeah. 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 It's just it's just what I heard in your in your expressions around it. It's um, it's like recognize that yeah, shame shame like intensifies and and sort of keeps us stuck in those kind of cycles and and habits, and they loop around. Um. Yeah. So, I mean, do you have like, do you have an awareness of where it sits in your body? Like for me, it really comes across my forehead um, when I feel it. And it's kind of like a weight on my forehead. Do you have an awareness of where shame sits in your body? Or so I'm actually working with um, like a energy. Uh, he's a doctor of oriental medicine. So kind of like an energy doctor. And we're working awesome. through, through like feelings. And just like last week, I, I went in there and like we're practicing mind-body coherence. And one of the meditations I did was like focusing on my heart and like feeling in my heart. And what I realized was that I don't know what it's like to feel. Like I was like, I understand, like I get it, but I don't feel it. And so for me, like these emotions have like the shell that I built up around myself, perhaps because as a kid, you know, the, 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 in the way I grew up, um, having to protect myself, uh, maybe it's like just culture, modern day culture, like the feelings are, are repressed, suppressed, and mm-hmm. I don't know what it's like to feel them. And, you know, the drugs that I've done have been, I think, an, an attempt to feel something. Yeah. And they've also and or been, you know, in a way to suppress how I am feeling. And so I'm actually like I said last week, you know, I'm going through this process of, of feeling things and learning how to feel things and trust things and, and be okay with that right now. And so I don't think I, I know where shame sits inside of me. Mm. 
Um, That's cool. That's fine. Yeah, for sure. I just, yeah, I, I like resonate with what you're saying on t- on those two fronts. You know that the how how childhood trauma can can divorce you from your your emotions and your your bodily sensations, but also you know the cultural thing about feelings being weak and men not being celebrated for for how they feel. And I think it's quite common. And and I I didn't want to sort of rush over that that sense of I think it's quite common for men to not feel like exactly where they feel or how they feel or even just have the vocabulary around feeling. Yeah. And or or even just the space that that kind of exists in in like the session I hear. That's amazing, by the way, that the guy that you're seeing. Um that kind of really resonates with me um but also the kind of men's work um space the sacred space where where we can just sit and and hear someone and like hear exactly how they they experience life without trying to fix them or yeah yeah and actually in in the alliance the book of the month is around shame isn't it it's healing the shame that binds you have you started that yet or I have not I have not got that one yet. Have you? I have started it briefly and it seems to be amazing actually. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, even just the first sort of forays into that. Um yeah, the way that they describe feelings as sort of effects upon you and thinking and feeling and intention. But I think the the main thing i've got from that very short like i'm only just on the first chapter or something but um it's like there's a healthy shame that actually it it actually encourages you to be a part of your community and, and have spirituality and have faith yeah. and then there's a toxic shame that that makes you feel like you've been abandoned and isolated and and perhaps sometimes you you have like that's the that's the nature of of community sometimes it's like you don't fit into that particular community um so yeah it's an interesting there's an interesting relationship there with shame for me i think it's completely i think i'm about to completely rework my my understanding of it because of the book yeah because of the book um and also the understanding of how like shame is a huge part of um, my own journey through trauma and attaching that kind of, I am bad. Like that, that is the, the kind of underlying sense of shame is I'm a bad person. I don't deserve to be here. Um, Attaching that shame to the normal cycles, normal healthy cycles of relationship and like controls and releases in our environments. that is that is kind of what makes us isolated in a way it's like uh like you you like mentioned before it's um it's the intention if i'm not saying it's easy to break that but if if you're able to break that then it's kind of it can become a self-perpetuating self-perpetuating cycle mm-hmm. yeah 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 i think all these things are our skills, you know, it's right. not like a one and done, like, Oh, I'm good forever. We're yeah. working on it. It's like, Oh, 
well, there is something here. I can do something. Uh, I can do something about this. I can learn more about this. There is other people that are going through these things. Okay, what are they doing? What works for them? What works for me? How does it apply? Oh, I'm ashamed of something. Like it's a mm. process, an ongoing process, and I think that's really the beauty of life, like the ups and downs, and like the realizing that we are not defined by any of those, and that we can overcome those things. And there's people that have been there that have done it. And we're not stuck. We're not trapped in this cycle, this shame cycle, or any sort of cycle. Mm-hmm. We can always climb out of it, you know. But it, but ultimately, like that's a skill. There's skills that we have to develop, and it's, it'll get easier over time, perhaps. But then the challenges will get bigger. But ultimately, like we got to start on this journey of learning to love that process and understanding that it, it it is a process. I think, and that's just a huge, a huge. I don't know. I think that's where you see the light in the tunnel once you realize that, but you're still in the tunnel. Like you're, I don't know if there's ever a point where you're like out of the tunnel, like, Holy shit, what is this? Like, yeah, but either way you have to do the work and it's an ongoing process. Yeah. I like how you frame that because to me, the one certain, I mean, apart from I'm going to die, like apart from death is the, the other one certainty of life is that, yeah, I'm a lifelong student and it's part of a process and it's a journey. And, and ever since I framed it that way, I I've experienced a lot more like enjoyment, release and relief, you know, it's, it's, and I know that as, as men, we often, we often seek that kind of solution place, right? It's like, okay, that's done. I can relax. And yeah, I can see that coming through in like that kind of holiday culture. Like we take a holiday once a year and just, sit around and pretend that we're doing nothing and sometimes we do do nothing but um yeah it's it's kind of it's better for me to live live my life in that curious zone and just and just be be part of a process for sure yeah yeah so and I don't know if you wanted to to share anything else around shame or like a particular thing that you're feeling right now or something. I mean, I, I guess my thoughts on shame is, and this maybe have uh, came from Brene Brown, mm-hmm. one of her books, but it's like around the idea that like the shame only survives in silence and like it, it, it loses its grip once you speak it. And I think that's one of the, the beauty, like all, and really ultimately I think all negative emotions are, you know, all emotions are looking to be expressed like a, like a smile is a, a form of, you know, of happiness, right? Yeah. But like shame or sadness or anger, a lot of these things are in healthy doses. Like you said, they come, they come out and they can, you know, create boundaries or they can set expectations or they can show you like, these aren't your people, like whatever it is. Yeah. Um, but like that repressed shame, sadness, anger, any of those other sort of emotions become toxic. Um, like those need to be expressed. Yeah. And that's, that's where I think they get trapped in your body and they can literally lead to, to cancer, like in my brother's case. But um, I mean, I guess as far as shame goes, I think that's like the, the thing I would, I would share is that like expressing them is what we need to do. And that's like the hardest thing to do. Like that takes the most courage, but like that is where freedom comes from, I think. And that's a freedom from those feelings that keep you tied to the past. So you can create a new future for yourself and you create a new life for yourself. And that's ultimately, I think, what we're after. We're all like moving towards this idea of, of freedom. And I think that's available to all of us, but we have to have the courage to express, to share, to feel, and then release 
what it is we're going through or how we're feeling. Yeah, that's beautiful. And I completely agree. And what I love about Brené Brown's work is that she frames she not I mean, she frames it in storytelling for one, and I think that's amazing for a social scientist um, that she recognizes the power of story. And and then too, like she she describes shame and what shame is, but then she'll also she'll also describe the ways that you can just healthily, you know. Um, combat shame and she says that you know empathy is is the way to to combat shame like you said it's like shame can't can't survive the light light of day and mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's a great thing i think you know just to be able to share and that's why i believe like safe and supported space is just everything because you know like like people say that you know healthy emotion still exists for around 90 seconds and it's still an en- energy and it still wants to move through us right mm-hmm. otherwise we'll just we'd just be like cardboard cardboard boxes we wouldn't that's what it means to be human yeah yeah and i think once you can frame it and that comes back to the idea around emotions being messengers mm-hmm. um that's pretty cool yeah Nice. Well, that that brings us to the end of that section. That's pretty nice. <laughs> um, thanks a lot. So the last section we got here is 3.15. So whatever you want, really. Uh, whatever you want to bring to the table. I think that what I'd like to bring to the table is something, uh, a framework that I put in my mind. I think maybe we've talked about it in the past before, I'm not sure exactly. Um, it's been a while since we've talked on, on a call like this, but mm-hmm. it's something that I've, I've worked through and I, I feel like it's, it's a opportunity for us or a way to like conceptualize like this process or really any process, but this feeling of like letting pain go, um, cr- breaking the cycle, like all these different things. And I call it the framework for freedom. And so I guess maybe I'll, sh- I'll share, share that in case it's like a, a way to help I guess say conceptualize or put a framework to or or put a logical process through like this idea of like creating a new life for ourselves, yeah. and and really ultimately it comes down to this like this process that I that I see and it, it all starts with like well really it all starts with challenge adversity conflict it starts with like suffering like it starts from this place of like wow this sucks or like I can't keep living like this like for me it was is where I was when I realized I was 28 and I was having the same emotional cycle that I had been repeating for my whole life. Yeah. Uh, or for other people, like they get a DUI or they, they hurt someone or they get divorced or like whatever it is and they feel trapped, they feel stuck. They're like, wow, like, is this my life? And so step number one, the way I see it is like curiosity. Like when someone asks, like, is this all that there is? I, I see it like the answer is no. Like there's like, you can, I believe you can create anything you want in your life but you have to be willing to ask those questions. Like, what else is there for me? What else could I do? Is this, is this how I'm always going to be? Do I have to always respond? Like, whatever the questions is or that you need to ask to kind of find the answer so you can then get clear on like, well, so you can get closer to the truth. Mm-hmm. I see the truth as being like, you can create anything you want in your life, but you have to be willing to ask those questions. And so in the framework of freedom, the first step is getting curious. 
asking yourself these questions or, you know, in a way of like anger or or shame, like what are these emotions communicating to me? Like not suppressing them, like feeling them, like what are these things? What can I do with them? Get curious about them. Mm -hmm. Number two is then getting clear clarity. Like, Like if you don't want to continue doing this thing forever, if you don't want to live your life this way, you want to feel this way. Like, how do you want to feel? Like, what do you want to do instead? Mm-hmm. And start to get a clear picture of that. And that is like the first step, I think, where we can start to break that cycle. You know, you got curious, now you're getting clear. And then ultimately, like, commitment is number three. Like, you have to commit to that path. Like, you commit to a relationship. You can't be half in, you're, you're, it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. You have to commit to yourself. You have to commit to this path, this tunnel where you see the light at the end, but it looks scary as shit and you have no idea what's going to happen on the way and what's going to come up. You have to yeah. commit to realizing these things and facing these things and whatever's going on in your life, you like commit. Mm-hmm. And then I think that's where a lot of people turn back because ultimately like this shit's hard and they feel not worthy. Uh, at least I have, you know, mm-hmm. they, they feel like frustrated or overwhelmed or like, I can't do this or maybe I'll put this off to another day or whatever. But once you commit, you'll feel all those feelings. But if you've actually committed, you'll move forward anyways. And I believe that's what courage is. It's feeling those feelings and recognizing that like they're there, like it's calling you back. Your comfort zone is breaking open, but you're moving forward anyways in the face of the fear. And that's what I, that's what I kind of, how I, I see this process unfolding for, you know, for, for, for pain, for trauma, for our, this idea around breaking the cycle. And then you enter the confidence, confidence loop. Like you, you take action in the face of fear, in the face of adversity, in the face of failure. And you enter this sort of loop where you go up and up and up. Like, I think so many people are waiting to feel ready, waiting to, to have the confidence before they do X, Y, or Z before they break up or quit their job or start a business or write the book or whatever it is. Yeah. But like you don't get that. You don't get that until you have the courage to commit and to go forward. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then after courage or the confidence, confidence loop where you're, you're moving up and up and this builds upon each other, it grows, your courage expands, your confidence increases. I I say it kind of ends with like being a part of your character. Like it becomes a part of who you are and that person you were at the beginning of the journey where you were like stuck in those shame cycles or anger or, or sadness, like you're no longer that person. You're a completely different human being. You're living in a different way. You're expressing yourself. You're, you're thinking in totally different ways. And, um, I mean, that's, that's what I think is like the journey that at least I'm on in this way on my, on my path to freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess the last C is, um, like compassion. Like then you look back on yourself, you look back on the people that are on the same path as you, and you've got to have a little bit of feel a little something for them and what they're going through in the struggle. And then perhaps, you know, it's, it's reaching back to Linda hand. So I, I, I yeah, mm-hmm. that's, I think what I'll, I'll throw out there for you, Peter, what do you think? Yeah, that's amazing. That is incredible. I think just to be able to sum up the kind of whole, whole experience, like so succinctly like that in such a catchy kind of way, like they're all C's and that's really awesome. <laughs> yeah, I love alliteration, you know, <laughs> make sure. it nice. That's cool. Like, and I can completely resonate with that. And especially, especially the idea around like self-doubt self-doubt is kind of a procrastination tool isn't it it's like a self-sabotage sometimes you know like uh waiting like waiting for that confidence to to do something is kind of 
in that zone because it's like it and it's completely natural to feel fear Mm -hmm. around that um but yeah definitely my experience as well is that you only get the confidence by taking the step you know you Mm -hmm. only you only experience life by doing something and that comes from me like i spent like 25 26 years as a creative person i mean i believe that we're all creative anyway but um me as a sensitive creative person more than a anything else i spent the whole of my life just creating ideas and never stepping over that line and 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 doing anything about it yeah just because of the fear and the self-doubt yeah and now i see it takes a little bit of nurturing um myself to get to get me over that line but once i'm over that line you see that it's no different to any other place, you know, you're stepping over the line and you're dealing with, and I like how they frame it in the Alliance, you know, leaning into that discomfort, leaning in and just, you know, lean in as much as you can lean, lean in as much as you want, make sure you have your self care routine down and, and then just, you know, because that's where life is, is experienced in those moments. Otherwise you can pass your whole life in these kind of, ways that you're not actually achieving what you want to achieve yeah yeah exactly so that's your so that's the model you're working with and that's that's the model that you're sort of are you coaching around is it uh yeah in a way it's not necessarily my uh it's a it's a way to put a perspective on on how i frame it's a a framework i mean it's framework for freedom it's it's how i picture that Mm -hmm. It's, it's it's not all inclusive, like of, of the model that I kind of work through with my clients. But right. I mean, ultimately, like that's the people that I work with are after this idea around freedom. You know, they're after this, like letting go of this. And this is, I see the process to get you there. There's some other things that come up, and it's a, it's a cycle. It's it's a skill in a way that has to be developed. Like every one of these things, like they say, new level, new devil. Right. Every time we go up to a new level in our life, like yeah. something else is going to come up. And so it's just a way for me to like frame where I'm at, where I need to go in the, in the next step in the process. And really just, I like to offer it to anybody else who could benefit from it. Um, but yes, it's a, it's a tool, let's say, that I use with, yeah. with my clients. Yeah, for sure. Nice. I like that word tool, for sure. And I'm really into storytelling. Obviously, I'm a, I'm a creative writer as well. I have been ever since I was young. Mm-hmm. Only just sort of stepping into that kind of identity, I guess um but storytelling for me gives you gives you that framework and i think it's it's almost impossible to to go on the journey of of growth without like uh, having a partnership with your mind you know giving your mind that that framework you know you can always go and have an energetic experience like if you go take um like plant medicine or you know even like recreational drugs uh or even going to like i always used to say at festivals like people are just you know in in having an experience like a pilgrimage experience where they're getting outside of themselves in a Mm. crowd like it doesn't even need to involve alcohol or drugs for them to do that i've seen it plenty of times where where people just do it like sober and they're just in that experience but then the integration part is the hardest part after that because like the quicker you go up the quicker you have to integrate otherwise you're going to kind of slam yourself down into into 
like confusion i guess so i really like what you're talking about in terms of framework and giving yourself the tools and other words for that is like technology or container or you give yourself a chance to to understand these things and integrate them in and then i'm i'm personally really into like embodiment spirituality in that sense you know i know spirituality kind of you know it had that's a big conversation anyway but um i personally believe like everyone has a human spirit and everyone's experience of life if we manage to embody it within ourselves we then become it right and like you said like all of those shames and sadnesses and angers i've actually felt them leave my body yeah i've felt them leave my body i had so much anger in my face and a couple of weeks ago i was doing breath work and it and it left me it dissipated because i i saw that through i saw that process through yeah it's quite profound really i think I think that in the Western philosophy, we're, we're obviously taught that like the, the mind is, is like this idolized thing. And, and I think the more that we can understand, I know that we've had some conversations about energy and, and, and both of us believe in that, the more we can understand that that is a part, that's an aspect of life, right? It's not just this, this construct of the mind. Yeah. You know, I think, I think you're right. You're spot on. I mean, I think people, a lot of people, especially men, they live, you know, here up. It's so wrapped up in their mind and they are, they become, they become their thoughts. Mm -hmm. We have to, uh, we have to separate ourselves from our thoughts. Like, just like our feelings, the way I see it is like, just like our feelings are messages, like emotion is energy in motion. Our thoughts are the same thing. They're, they're, They're impulses that are going on in our mind. But just because they're going on inside of us doesn't mean they are us. And, you know, you have to wake up and, you, like you said, have those tools, have the perspective, have a model, uh, something, someone who's done it for you, and oh, wait, like someone to guide you through it, you know, to show you another way, whether it's like a mentor or a coach or somebody, uh, you know, a podcast like this where you're like, oh, wow, huh, there's more to it than this. And it's just, this isn't my destiny, you know, it's like, or you're not your thoughts, you know. I, I think about my thoughts as like, um, someone put it for like this for me and it made a lot of sense. It's like I'm at a train station and all the trains are going by and those are my thoughts. Like I'm the observer of my thoughts and I can't jump on every freaking train that there is obviously. Otherwise, like who, where'd I go? But some people jump onto a thought like I'm a bad person and they ride that motherfucker all the way to the, to the grave. Like it's like, that's the, that's the thought they're on. Yeah. But the beauty of it is you can get off. You can get out of your mind. You can get in the world and experience like you talked about, like the festivals or plant medicine or all those things are just great tools to kind of get over yourself and uh, realize that you're not the thoughts that are going on in your mind. And there's way more going on here than just that. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful, man. Thank you. Yeah. It's just, there's such a, there's such a depth. Ah, it just, the analogies are coming <laughs> they're coming to me fast you know i love to see it as like a the stream of con of consciousness you know like i suppose i got it from buddhism but um just the river of thought like me sitting on a bank just yeah. watching the river go past yeah, yeah and and the way that i see trauma you know the people frame it like the frozen aspects of ourselves that we can't access you know and like yeah. you know the body keeps the score the book you know it's it suits that yeah you know? it's um 
and that's a completely natural process right because yeah. it you know the body is very highly intelligent this is a highly intelligent mechanism that we use to survive something that's completely overwhelming and there's i don't think it's i mean i don't believe in coincidence but you know it's it's, it's these things you know the cycle of things even just because they come back to us at like late 20s when we can actually start to deal with it we've actually matured a little bit more and we have more spirit more energy to actually deal with these things and you know we have elders around us um as well like guides and mentors to to help us through it yeah so yeah i don't think it's and I, yeah i don't think it's a coincidence i think it's all synergy for sure for sure yeah it's pretty cool well, let me thank you, Jesse. Like I knew it'd be amazing, <laughs> but um, I'm so grateful. Thank you so much. Um, yeah. So if, if people want to know more about you, where can they find you? Yeah, sure. So you can follow me on Facebook, add me as a friend, you know, um, or on Instagram, action underscore Jesse. You can jump on my website, action-oriented.com. I believe action is the greatest adversary of adversity. And really it's like, action is in the frame of freedom or anything we have to do like or emotions right they're they're all calls to action mm. oh, and there's a process going to so either way action or hyphen oriented.com action oriented.com is my website follow me on instagram if you'd like uh, shoot me a message and if you have any questions or discussing these any of these things further like i love connecting with people that are trying to better themselves in the world around us and i think well, ultimately like all change has to come from inside of ourselves and uh so if that sounds like you and you listen to this I welcome the conversation and uh, Peter, thank you for having me, man. It's, it's really great to see you again and Beautiful. great to talk with you. And I'm really proud of you and for putting this together, man. It takes a lot of courage. Yeah. Thanks for seeing that, man. I, I'm really grateful for that. And um, yeah, I'm blessed to have you as a, as a person in my life. Thank you so much. I'm going to put all of that in the show notes as well. Um, if you, if you don't want to um, scribble it down right now. So yeah. Um, awesome wow that was a very incredibly rich and energetic conversation and very deep as well um, hope some of it landed with you hope that you got in some enjoyment from that just want to take the time um, to express some gratitude for your time and attention alongside your love those two things are the greatest forces that you have in your life so thank you for spending this time with me and this podcast and i will see you again soon